reaching out to the Boys and Girls Club, you know, having a leadership role there, teaching them about the, the, the importance of education, knowing that there's a, there's a huge vehicle there. It'll take you so much farther than, than athletics will. Um, but if you couple that with athletics, I think it's, it's a tremendous, tremendous, tremendous avenue um, to find success and as well as a network that can help you propel you to um, be able to um, have some provision and as well as to uh, take on new obstacles and reach new goals and meeting a lot of great people along the way. To another standout from the Inside Podcast presented by Versity. I'm your host, Edgar Daggett. Super excited to have you all for our episode eight. If you're new, join the community, join this family by hitting the subscribe button and also giving us a like. Check out all of our past podcasts by going to all of our channels on Apple, Spotify, Google, and directly on our website at versity.org forward slash standout. For our very last guest of the first season of Standout from the Inside podcast, we have a Super Bowl winning champion. Champion. He has been playing with the. He played with the Green Bay Packers. He has met so many amazing people. He's now right now retired, but he is leading the way in his community by spreading his own mission and his own flair within his community and neighboring cities. Please help me welcome. Jared Bush to the Stand Up From The Inside podcast. Jared, welcome to the show. Hey, man. Edgar, hey, I'm blessed to be on here, man. I appreciate the warm introduction, man. Yeah, it truly means a lot, man. Just glad to be here. No, we're super excited to have you on. You're our first uh, professional player on the show. You know, it's super exciting. Someone from Green Bay, he's He's part of our footprint. Uh, university started in the Milwaukee area, so it's super excited to have somebody from our home uh, state. Oh yeah, I mean, hey man, it's a blessing. Uh, any way, shape, or form, you know, uh, I was asked to help, and I came running. And uh, any way we can help uh, people, kind of just to uh, kind of get get in those lines to help uh, those in need with uh, blood transfusions or just in general, um, and just get people to donate. No, no, amazing. I love that. I love yeah. that. You know, we as we look through all of our panelists, you know, or some of our uh, new guests, we always, we're always, we're pretty picky. You know, we're deciding, we're looking, and you know, I have a big connection to uh, Go Blue to the U of M. I always bring my football reference. I always have to, <laughs> and you know, Green Bay. I always have to bring out one of our Hall of Famers, Charles Woodson. Always, yep. so you know. He, yeah. I've, I've, I've had the privilege of meeting him here in Ann Arbor. I always, uh, every time he comes in through the summer, I'm always seeing him. I support his wine, Intercept Wine as well. If you guys haven't tried that, make sure 21 or over, uh, check yeah. it out. But <laughs> always happy to have somebody part of the family here. There you go. But, you know, with this last podcast, something super exciting, you know, I want you guys all to learn. Uh, we'll be going over Jared's mission, what he's done, uh, what he's doing after football, but also kind of that football life, you know, what it's like to be in the NFL. And that's where we're going to kick it off right into it because, you know, it's super exciting, super, super exciting to have this new topic and uh, to hear these this experience 
um, from someone who's had it firsthand. So, Jared, what is it like being in the NFL? Like, what is it? What does that mean to you? You know what? I think a lot of people don't don't realize how how di- how difficult it is to make it. And I think you got you know when you when you hear about the NFL and the people that have played there, I think you gotta have a little screw loose. Yeah, a little screw, screw loose because I think some people get get discouraged and they get uh, a little a little intimidated when they talk about their dreams of playing in the, in the NFL. And you know, a lot of times I tell people, man, I was dumb enough to believe or naive enough to believe that I could make it. And I think that resonates with a lot of people because I think nowadays people are, you know, they you know, let's be realistic, they get too smart in the sense they realize the the statistics of of making it. Are very slim to none, and I think only you gotta be dumb enough to think like point zero eight percent or point one point eight one point eight percent of the people make it to the NFL. And you know, I was one of those guys, you know, that felt like that you that you had that self belief and confidence that you could make it. And uh, not only does that um, have a, a lot of reward, um, handsomely handsome reward in the sense of having a certain platform to now catapult yourself off into the community. Um, gives you uh, a lot of uh, confidence knowing that you hit your dream. Not only that, and as well, just you know, we're, you're able to touch many lives. You know, that now that you you reach the highest, the highest of, of professional uh, football, and you're able to walk with your head high, knowing that you're able to in touch. You know, when you walk in the hospitals and you put on that Green Bay Packer jersey, or you wear that that G on your helmet, and you walk within the Green Bay community. And you know that's the guy. That's the guy who you know who did such and such or X, Y, and Z or caught you know the Super Bowl pick in the Super Bowl. And um, you gain respect because you went through not only the highs and some of the lows as well, and that comes with the territory too. Because there there definitely is some scrutiny, but uh, definitely more highs than lows. And mm. you know you said it's hard to get in the NFL, and that is true. You need mm-hmm. hard work, dedication. You know, I've heard some some other players from other, also other leagues, like a little bit of luck, but like before you get into the NFL, like how many days a week are you practicing? How many before you in high school for going to college? Then after that, are you continuing to practice for the combine? Like what is that experience like leading up to even thinking about possibly joining the NFL? Man, there's a lot, man. I think there's a lot of things that people don't tell you. I think there's a lot of people, a lot of things that people do tell you. Um, I think there's there's some they don't really tell you about the scrutiny that you're about to get mm-hmm. when you step onto that football field. I think they tell you like, oh man, it's a it's a blessing. You know what I'm saying? Like you want to make sure that you're dialed in, your diet's right, that your workouts. You know what I'm saying? You won't work with a certain to certain group of people because they're going like sharpen you in like an iron iron sharpens iron type you know type of environment um, to your to your weight room condition uh, specialist, to your speed specialist, to your agility specialist, to um, maybe like your sports psychology specialist, and you're you're dialed in, but nobody really prepares you for when you get cut, or when you get traded, you know, or maybe you know you don't get the contract that you maybe deserve, or maybe even like the the, the education on how to negotiate a contract yourself. So that you're not giving, you know, five, ten percent to a, to an agent. I think there's a lot of things that you can prepare mentally as well as physically, and a lot of times you don't have control over over too much as well. So as soon as you step on the football, that's all you can really can control. You can control how how good a teammate you are. You can control uh, how your effort 
and so in, within your effort, you can control the way you perform, um, as well as like your diet, and, uh, and as well as like your off the field endeavors. Whether if you want to start a business, you got a family, um, and then right, I think again going to things that they don't teach you, they don't teach you how to balance. You know, with guys having families, maybe three, maybe four, maybe you just have one kid. And then you have balance to say, okay, you have a wife, you have a fiance. Like, how do you balance that? You know, and I think that's, it's, it's a lot of stuff that they don't really tell you that, oh, here, you know, here's your dream football. Well, by the way, you know, you got to balance all this stuff too. And um, once again, you can't take anything. It's once in a lifetime opportunity. You take it and you ride it to the wheels fall off and you, and you squeeze blood out of the turnip as much as you can. And then, you know, but at the same time, you gotta be able to set yourself up for that next that that second transition um, for your second career. And I think another thing I think it's where a lot of guys struggle. Um, like I said, you, you get rewarded very handsomely if you can stay in the NFL for a very long time. Um, and there's a lot of great people that you meet from from celebrities to the people that you meet within the organization, from the janitor to the CEO, ton of great people. I think most people, a lot, a lot of athletes, they struggle coming out of that, out of their, out of their career because maybe an injury, maybe you know, just the numbers game just didn't work, shake out in their favor. Um, and a lot of times that you know, you can hold some um, some resentment or some bitterness because you came short of your goal. And I think that's one one of my one of my struggles was was in that because I, I, my goal was to hit 15 years and I got nine. And so I think there was still some bitterness because I didn't hit my goal and, you know, I got injured and I had to have some closure, even though, and be thankful for the, for the, for the career that I did have, you know, the years, the amount of years that I played and the highs and the lows and the Super Bowl And then some of the, some of those tough losses too, that still sting when it resonates, <laughs> when they show some highlights, man, but it doesn't sting. Oh, like the MC championship in 2007, uh, it was, went to overtime against the New York Giants, and we were the number one seed, so we played at home at Lambeau Field, and the Giants with Eli Manning came in, and uh, they won in overtime, you know, with Tom Coughlin and the Giants and Eli, and it stung. Um, and every time they bring it up, man, it still has this this, this ringing burn in my, in, my, in my chest because you put so much hard work and so much dedication, pain, you know, pain, uh, intolerable. Um, you get, you got to think you're playing football, right? They don't tell you about the pain levels, but that you're about to endure as well. That's another thing. Um, and knowing some modalities and physical therapy and knowing how you can reduce some of that pain. Um, because let's just face it, it's a collision sport. Guess what? With that collision comes with pain. <laughs> that recovery after is important. Yeah, recover, man. So, you, so having like, right again, the specialist, to another specialist to another specialist to a memory, a physical therapist specialist to a muscle therapist to a physical therapist, um, to a psychological therapist, you know, make sure that you're so tons of specialists there. for all of you. Yeah, There's yeah, tons yeah, of specialists. Yeah, right. But, but all of that, it keeps you back on the football field, knowing that you're healthy. Uh, mentally and physically uh, as well as spiritually too so when you experience you know i don't want to bring it up but when you experience like okay that hard loss what do you think coming are you automatically going to practice do you put that player like eli manning you put that boy on the target like in the middle of the locker room saying remember this feeling we're never going to experience again i think you learn from it okay. ultimately i mean it's going to burn and i think that's part of the process of <laughs> live and learn mm -hmm. is that you, you gotta let it burn and so you remember that feeling Maybe you're a little bit wiser on like how you handle the situation. Maybe like you know a guy pushed you and you pushed him back and you got a flag or something like that. I'm just trying to give you an example. Say maybe you got you know practice like your your hand placement so you don't get that holding call so you don't set your offense back. 
because those are small things that become big things that, that have a huge right. result in the game and can ultimately save you that heartache. <laughs> and football is not, not a perfect game. Uh, and I can honestly say that you're going to make mistakes, but you can, you can, you can, you can better yourself and, and be a little bit wiser in some of the decisions they do make on the football field that can, again, uh, change the result of the game. You've also experienced the the biggest achievement that, you know, someone trying that's in the NFL tries to go for it, that try to achieve, and it's winning a Super Bowl. Now tell me about that. What is it? like winning a Super Bowl, you know, you've played X amount of games in the in the regular season, playoffs, you beat every single team that was in front of you, you got to the Super Bowl, and you won. And I believe it was against the Steelers, correct? Is, you have the win against the Steelers. Steelers. Yep. Yep. Again, Ben, Big Ben, which is also yep. a Hall of Fame, a Hall of Famer, a future Hall of yep. Famer as well. What is that experience like, getting the ring, getting the whole ceremony, the parade in, in Milwaukee? I think that winning a Super Bowl truly changes your life. No one can ever take that away from you. Now, as a player, does that mean winning that Super Bowl? Does it say you achieved it? You've done what your entire goal for since you started playing football, since you've touched the football, saw football. Does winning a championship just say, I did it? I won? Yes. On the on this earthly ground, yes. And I know you look probably looking like, man, like what, what does he mean by that on this earthly ground? Because... I think when you take it to a spiritual level, man, it meant nothing to the man above. It meant nothing. It was just another day. Yes, you know, I think ingraining yourself in, in the history of the Green Bay Packers was is truly amazing. I'm not disregarding the magnitude and what we what we did, but I think it was just maybe a, a starting point, a, a pivotal point in the Packers, and just notching another belt for for the for the other championships that they've had in the, in the past. And um, yeah, it's truly remarkable, truly remarkable. I can't, I can't emphasize enough. It truly changed my life today. You know, I feel so grateful, man. I think it's really such a relief that when it was easier to walk away from my career and be like, hey man, I ain't had the 15 years, but you know what? We were the best in our profession. We were the pinnacle at that profession that everybody talks about it. And nobody can take that away from you. I cannot emphasize that enough. Nobody can take that away from you because it's etched in history forever. And I love that. And I love that. And to help the people that I support because of that. And help, I'm glad that I'm able, I'm so grateful that I'm able to help others. When they come in, they see a success story and that it is attainable. And you can accomplish the impossible if you work hard and dedicate yourself. Because I think that in this world, people are so fearful of reaching their goals because they're told not to dream anymore. If you have dreams, aspirations that you can make it, dude. You can make it. You just got to believe it and don't let nobody tell you that you can't. Wow. Yeah, no, Super Bowl champion. You know, that w- that just sounds amazing. Sounds super cool because, you know, not a lot of people have achieved that goal. And mm. they work hard and hard and they've given it all. And as long as you give 100%, you know, you can't really think about things that you haven't achieved, but you've done it. You said you wanted to play an X amount of years, but with less years, you achieved that championship goal. So that's that's amazing to me. You know, I wanted to hit on a topic that has been circling around YouTube, has been circling around my friends, uh, friends of friends of their friends, and it's something just something more creative and something super exciting to, to talk about. Um, the rookie dinner. You know, people don't know what that is, and 
some people do. And it's something that's been talked about on YouTube. What is the rookie dinner? So the rookie dinner is basically a initiation of welcome to the NFL, buddy. You got NFL money. <laughs> basically, you're just kind of shooting the breeze with the, with the veterans, getting to know them. And it's really just a chance to get for them to get to know you on out of out of the office, I guess, example, I have the office off the, you know, off the gridiron type environment and get to know the, the real person that's there. We're going to show you how to, you know, how to have a long career, show you this, the longevity of it, and you're going to get paid handsomely. Oh, by the way, we're going to stick you with the bill. Too. You got to pay the bill too. <laughs> <laughs> so did so, you have a rookie dinner? Where did, where did you go for your rookie dinner? So I was, I was fortunate enough. I was undrafted. So they don't really mess with some of the guys through the back door. But you know, Hey, I think they're all those diamonds in the roughs like myself and, uh, Jamal Williams and Sam Shields. You got uh, uh, some other, you know, great, great players that played in the NFL undrafted. I think Terrell Davis is one of them. Um, so you have those star shiny guys uh, who come through the back door who who make a name for themselves. Uh, but no, I, unfortunately, I didn't have the uh, rookie dinner, but I got to be a part of some other ones, though. So that, I think that was pretty cool. <laughs> So you got to participate at least. So you snuck away from yours where you didn't have to pay the bill. But then you joined other people, the other rookies who had it. And who were those rookies? Who who did you who got who got the privilege to pay for your bill? Uh so so right, you had like Casey Hayward, you had Devon House. So it's really some of the guys that were in your in your defensive back group. Might have been some of the linebackers, because I mean that I think they we we work hand to hand. We didn't make them pay for dinner. It was more they had to go get the food and then show up to the food on the plane. Oh, wow. So, right. So they would, they would get our to go food. We map out a plan for them. Like we do, we do the, some of the, the ground work for them. We map out a plan. It's like, okay, this is where you got to go. This is what this person wants. This is what, you know, so we'll lay out a menu for all the players um, with like number 24. He wants, you know, baby back ribs, number 38. He wants, you know, baked potato with some, you know, with chicken with whatever rice pilaf, you know, and so on. You know, and so we'll try to try to get one restaurant so he doesn't have to go to like several different restaurants and um, he'll show up with the, you know, on the airplane with a big bag of food and he'll just divvy it out. And that, that's kind of like how we did it. So you went easy on them. They, they we went easy on it. Yeah. One restaurant. Listen, pick everything from one place. You didn't make them travel through all of Milwaukee just to find that one right. great rib. Right, right, right. And so, you know, especially in, in Green Bay. So we flew out of Green Bay. And um, we just wanted them, you know, we just want a little class, first class service. That's all. And then once, once he does that, and then it'll kind of rotate throughout the young guys. No, that's awesome. Because sometimes, you know, when we hear on TV, some of these rookie dinners get out of control with like $18,000 meals, $20,000, $24,000 meal in one restaurant sitting. They go to like the higher end restaurants and they'll have an $18,000 bill, you know. It's hilarious. Uh, if you guys have don't know what the rookie dinner is, uh, go online, go on YouTube. It's uh, kind of something fun to view with your friends and family. Um, but that's super cool. That's a super cool experience. Um, but Jared, now I want to dive in on the life after football. You mm -hmm. know, I've heard so much about yourself, how you're involved in the community with different nonprofit organiza organizations. But who are those organizations and what have you been up to after football? I just really wanted to have some closure and just kind of sit back and enjoy the, the, the fruits of your labor. Talking to a lot of counselors when I finished up my, my football career, like I said, it was a struggle for some guys when they transitioned, was they, rela they related it to a from a football player exiting their career as to grieving 
um, from a loss, from a divorce or whatnot. And so when he when he said that, I was like, it kind of hit home. You can see, I, I can see how that emotional toil, that torment, because right, you're you're, you're being taught something from Little League, the youth, to middle school, high school, college, and all of a sudden you're taken away from the game. So I had to deal with that, you know, with some counselors and, and kind of go, going through that process. I had to go through that process to, to get to where I'm in now, you know, being a very involved father. Not that I was, you know, when I was playing, it's just now you really take on that role because, you know, you're, you're blessed to be in that position, um, not having to, you know, punch a clock, but wanting to punch a clock and, and to work. But still having that flexibility to be to be dad and be engaged and be involved with my two little girls um, is truly a blessing. Uh, Selena and Mia, ages five and eight, you know, continuing and 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 sparking my the motivational speaking um, with uh, Forever Media, you know, helping me kind of get some lift off um, from that, which has been a pleasure working with them. Uh, shout out to Jamar and Randy. And then uh, the crew, whole crew, man, helped me out. And uh, creating this, creating that brand has been uh, truly remarkable. Um, as well, and, and kind of steamrolled into a TV talk show host, you know, with the Locker Room Live over on Channel 5. You can check check out me and Burke Griffin, uh, Channel 5, or you can go to the website at wearegreenbay.com. You can check us out there. Um, and you can, you can you know, there's a few segments that you can watch. And we talk about green and gold football. And um, like I said, we have a ton of fun. And you, you, should, you should come check us out. You know, have us you know, diving into some of the schematics, you know, and um, a lot of excitement on TV talking about football. So, you know, a lot of big hits, you know, big some highlights. And, uh, yeah, that's my involvement as well as the community, reaching out to the Boys and Girls Club, you know, having a leadership role there, teaching them about the, the, the importance of education, knowing that there's a, there's a huge vehicle there. Um, it'll take you so much farther than, than athletics will. Um, but if you couple that with athletics, I think it's, it's a tremendous, tremendous, tremendous avenue um, to find success and as well as a network that can help you propel you to um, be able to um, have some provision and as well as to uh, take on new obstacles and reach new goals and meeting meet a lot of great people along the way. No, that's amazing. That's so much that, you know, that those communities appreciate your time, your effort. But now I'm putting you on a spot. All right. Mm. So do you donate blood? I have in the past, Edgar, so I appreciate that. <laughs> I mean, my, my, my parents are big into the health and uh, health and wellness as well. My brother's a doctor. My mom was a, is a, was a nurse as well as military. My dad was military. So anytime I can help out in, in those respects, uh, definitely uh, come and running, you know, to help out, whether it's, you know, donating blood, um, wounded warrior projects, getting out there in, this, in, in the community. And just helping out so it's definitely something it's right i think it's something that always holds true um is that it's always better to give than it is to receive and, and if you want to give some blood you know you should go out get you know sign up go to diversity.org uh and make an appointment and donate that plasma because i think there's a lot of people in need especially in this pandemic i think there's a lot of people that can uh can definitely use the blood got some free time between lunch and and or, or you're, you're on break in the holidays get out there in the community and donate no, hundred percent. You heard it. You heard it from Jared himself. Like he, he yeah. that was all him. That wasn't even me. So <laughs> donate plasma, a double res, your whole blood. Again, go to versity.org. Uh, click your state and make an appointment in your nearest zip code. We have blood drives going throughout the states of Wisconsin, 
Indiana, Illinois, Ohio, Michigan, we're are everywhere. So we'll go ahead and find the nearest uh, blood drive. And if you can't donate blood, go ahead and become a host. You know, that's super important as well. We always need new hosts. And hosts are your your frontline champion. They are the ones that are leading that gather the community members. And I want to ask you, Derek, you know, you've been part of the community, meaning you've spread word about maybe a mission that you've had or mm-hmm. helping, you know, empower those boys and girls club um, kind of with, with a goal. You know, you kind of been helping them, serve them. But, you know, each community is a little bit different. Each yeah. community has their own characteristics. You know, they follow a person. They follow a group. If we're, you know, we're new. We're, we're a new blood drive. I'm a new host. I'm a new champion. And I want to set up a blood drive near you let's say you were in the city that you live, what would be the best way for me to get the word out? I think social media is a great way. Putting up some signs, maybe in, in certain restaurants or certain cafes, gas stations that maybe, you know, there's a lot of frequency, a lot of foot traffic. Um, grocery stores, I think, are huge. I, I can't reiterate um, social media and just bringing the awareness, right? I think really people just need to know about it. Have a purpose, have a mission statement. Right, like like we do, you know, just reaching people who who are in compromised situations, maybe life saving situations. I think that's just a great way, just again, to overall bring awareness about the blood blood and donate. Literally agree one hundred percent because your friends will listen to what you do. So if you have friends, you know, you have your social media following, Instagram, Facebook, and you just invite one person, say, Hey, would you like to come donate blood? There's a good chance. 95% chance that they're as your friend, they'll come and then they'll bring a friend and they'll bring a friend. And that's how it opens up and spreads. It might not be 100% successful that first round, mm. but the next time you host, you know, you they invite other friends and that's how it spreads throughout the community because, you know, you're, you have those connections and it, building that awareness, having that mission throughout that social media, just how Jared said, is exactly the way to look at it and the way to. Uh, bring all those people together in one place. And like how I always say on these podcasts, donating blood or just donating roughly takes about an hour. You know, the average donation time is actually 10 minutes. I donate a little bit less. I roughly around like the six minute mark for that actual donation. But the rest of it is just, you know, answering questions, making sure you're healthy because we want to deliver healthy blood. Go during lunch, go after work in the morning. We have times throughout the day and again, one hour, you know, the average person donates about two and about 2.3 times a year. Uh, that's two hours in a whole year. You know, if you look at it like that, it's a very small amount of time and you can do it every 42 days. You know, you have the time throughout the year, but it's super easy. I 100% recommend it. Go out there, just make that uh, uh, donation uh, appointment at versity.org. Super easy. Jared, I want to say thank you so much. I love hearing those experiences. Um, So I wanted to give you right now the opportunity to say whatever you want to our viewers, to all the people that are going to see this. I'm giving you the spotlight right now. I just want to say thank you again for just having having me on here and uh, appreciate you, you know, just collaborating and collectively to help, you know, get people out there to donate blood, man. Again, there's there's a lot of people that are in in basically desperate need please go out there and donate. Uh, it's something that's much bigger than myself. And, um, you know, what what we do on the football field as football players, we're talking about life and death, man. And we're talking about, like, helping others and being in community. 
And I think that's the most important thing is that, you know, just showing compassion to those those lives and, and being able to give because there's, there's nothing like giving hope ultimately to, to people um, that are laying, laying there in those hospital beds. And if we can do anything to help them, I think that's 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 ultimately the goal. Um, what we do in the football field, man, is, is great. But ultimately, we don't save lives. We, we may impact lives, but we don't save lives. And what you're doing right there, Edgar, you know, with with Versity.org, man, you guys are saving lives. So um, definitely on board. You have you have my my, my vote in um, to get out there and, and give the shout out to Versity.org, man. Get out there and donate, man, because do something bigger than yourself. You know, I think it's a great thing. And, uh, you know, find time. Find where there's a will, there's a way. You know, help those people in need. And, um, you know, again, Go Pack, man. Hopefully we can keep going in the Super Bowl, man. And uh, go check me out on, on Locker Room Live and, and be on the lookout for, for more content. For Jared Bush, jaredbushmotivates.com. Go check me out out there. And uh, Edgar, I mean, I appreciate you having, having me on. Randy, appreciate you, man, like facilitating, orchestrating this. You know what I'm saying? You're very instrumental in this. Even though we can't see you, we, we love you, man. Uh, Jamar, you know, over there in Forever Media, man. Shout out to you guys, man. Keep doing your thing, man. We love you. Um, again, man. Appreciate you, Edgar. Thank yeah. you so much for that. Again, we want to reiterate the mission to save lives, donate blood, be a host, uh, do your part in your community because we need you, especially in those minority groups. We really need you. It's a urgent need today, tomorrow, and it'll forever be an urgent need. And people like you with one hour every three months can literally save up to three lives. So I want to say urgently donate, but we want to appreciate Jared Bush for joining the very last episode of season one of Stand Out from the Inside. You have been amazing hearing your experiences from before the league, during the league, being a championship, uh, a Super Bowl champion, champion. You'll be always a champion in our books and forever throughout the history, through Green Bay's history. The NFL, you're always going to be a champion. We appreciate your time, your dedication, and your mission-driven uh, success after football. So thank you so much for being here. And again, catches a uh, show on the GreenBayPackers.com. It'll be Locker Room Live uh, featuring Jared Bush. Again, go visit, learn, see some of his experience, and hear from him a little bit more as he dives in through the life of outside football, maybe a little bit of football as well, and see some of his guests that he has on his show. All righty, that wraps up season one of Stand Out from the Inside presented by Versity. This has been an amazing experience uh, being able to communicate with all of you, all of our subscribers. If you're not a subscriber, please subscribe. If you're new, check out all of our other uh, episodes on all of our social channels. You can also visit Apple, uh, Spotify, Google, and Versity.org to check out all of our other episodes. But this has been one heck of a ride. I hope you've all enjoyed all of our speakers, our panelists, what they've shared, their experiences within the community. It's been amazing to hear from them, to learn from them, and to not only uh, kind of see who else is interested in donating blood, who else is also interested in being a host and being part of their community. Again, I want to appreciate to all of our panelists that have been part of this season one. Uh, it's been amazing. If any of you want to see any other types of panelists, please go to our page or comment on all of our videos, see special topics that you want to hear. We're super interested in hearing uh, from all of you. But again, this has been season one 
of Stand Out from the Inside presented by Versity. Can't wait for season two for new panelists, new ways of getting into the community, and probably seeing some of you on this on this show. Again, I appreciate you all. I'm your host, Edgar Daggett, and we will see you all in season two.